Hey, welcome to the Pretty AF Podcast. I'm Asli Maslow, a brand coach, speaker, author, marketer, and the founder of Pretty AF and the Babble Boutique. I help entrepreneurs going from living paycheck to paycheck in a job they hate to thriving in a career and life they love. This is your place to learn from me and other entrepreneurs that are Pretty AF inside and out. We get into how to create income doing what you love while finding balance between your wellness, beauty, travel, and philanthropy. If you're ready to get inspired and have actionable steps to build the life you love, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Ideally, who do you want to work with? And I use the phrase all the time, like if you wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy, Kesha style, because you get to work with this person, that's your ideal client. Yeah. And so, yeah, getting down to like, who the heck do you want to serve and who do you really want to work with every single day? Because you know that you align with all of their values and you align with all of their offers. Like, that's really important. Hey, welcome back to the Pretty AF Podcast. I'm your host, Asley Maslow, and that clip was from today's guest, Rosabelle. She's a business and marketing coach for female entrepreneurs trying to find their way through this space and set up the foundations to scale. Today we chat about lead generation, your ideal customer avatar, pricing strategy, converting leads into customers, and how to scale your business. This episode is packed with value, so let's get into it. I am a business coach for service providers, so I am actually a business and marketing coach. So I help them with gaining clarity on different marketing strategies and business strategies so that they can be able to scale their business to achieve income that they really want to see reoccurring. So mm-hmm. not just one time hit, but always <laughs> seeing that in, that influx of income. So I've never, I haven't really been in the online space as long as a lot of people have. I've been maybe in the online space for a little over a year now, and I have always been in digital marketing. So I came mm-hmm. from the corporate world, which some of us I've started to notice have too. So I started with a publishing company. I was the director of online marketing there when I, my contract there. Yep. So I've always been like social media websites, you know, I've always been in that marketing atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And then I got recruited to another company where I was their regional marketing manager. So I helped build and cultivate different marketing strategies for a few studios in San Marcos, California, a few studios here in the Las Vegas Valley some in the Portland area and some in Florida area. So that was my quote unquote region. Mm. And that really helped me when it came to digital marketing, mostly because I helped with like celebrities like A-Rod and J-Lo and Holly Madison and uh, Kendra Wilkinson and Pitbull. Like I would work out with them and then we would sit down and have a smoothie and A-Rod would be like, what do you think about my feed? And I'd say, well, it's not that cute (laughs) for me because I am a... You know, <laughs> I am not your ideal client because mm-hmm. he was building A-Rod Corp at the time. Mm. So he wanted his own brand beyond just A-Rod, who he is. Yeah. So he built A-Rod Corp and he was going to launch his new website and his new social media. And he had his social media manager there, Stephanie. She's super cute. <laughs> and yeah, so that's kind of like my corporate background. I am Filipina, so naturally... Uh, stereotypically, we are in the medical field. Mm. So my family always was like, well, you're meant to be a nurse. So <laughs> get it together. <laughs> Start to enroll. Yeah. So my, I defied my family or I hurt their honor. I don't know if I, I want to say hurt their honor, but they <laughs> were like, you should be a nurse. And I was like, nope. I dropped out of nursing school and needed to figure something out last minute 
and my best friend is also in the space and she is a marketing mentor in the space, very large. And she was like, you'd be really good at it. Like, why don't you start out and just do it? And I'm like, I don't know, you know, maybe I'll think about it. So I started off as a side hustle. Mm. I like VA work, SMM work, copywriting work, all the basics of my corporate job. I was like, well, it's easy. It's quick. People want people to do things. It's like an easy investment, right? Oh, that's one last thing. Don't need to worry about. Mm -hmm. Uh, Part-time turned into full-time within a couple weeks, and I made uh, 10K within my first month. So I was like, what? What's going on? (laughs) This is what I'm meant to be doing. And I did the service provider road for a hot minute. And that was 10K overall. I mean, obviously, after taxes and stuff, you know, it wasn't my intake. It was just overall. Yeah. And kept growing, and I opened myself into, I just kind of created an agency so I can keep creating that income and then becoming a coach actually was a natural transition mm-hmm. because I have my consultant license, my business consultant license for small businesses. Mm-hmm. So outside of the online space. So I kind of like infuse that in and my first coaching client was a client that was actually a coach and she asked me to help her do a launch strategy and we, yeah. And then from there, a lot of other VAs and SMMs would be like, well, how did you do that? Built rapport from there and I became their coach. So it was actually a natural transition, not like I woke up one day and I was like, this is going to be my business now. And that's it. It was yeah. slowly transitioned into it. And then here we are. So how long was like all of those events? Yeah. So from service prior to provider solely to agency, it was only a matter of three months. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. I... I knew that I would make more money if I were to be able to have other humans serving. Mm -hmm. I just knew like our overhead would be better or less, I mean, and it would just be better, right? Mm -hmm. So I did that in three months and then I did coaching within that within just a month because now I had like space to do that. Mm -hmm. But I only started with two coaching clients a month and like nothing more until I was able to scale more of that. And so I still have the agency running, but I only do the coaching side of it. So if they need any information up ahead of that and she will take you from there, it's mostly lead gen Mm -hmm. and, um, Instagram engagement and content creation. So it's mostly just solely based on lead gen and attraction marketing. So if anybody needs to pivot real quick or they don't want to do their engagement for themselves, that's what she's head of and that's what the agency's hand handles now. But mm. that's what we were, how I first started and where I found myself like star athlete in was lead generation. Mm. So that was like my big money maker, made that into an agency. And mm. yeah, it was, it was amazing. And I am not going to say like I did it all by myself. Like I definitely had different resources. I invested in different types of coaches who did the same thing. Mm-hmm. So when they went from service provider to agency or if they were just running an agency I wanted to know how they did that how did they implement that yeah I even talked to some small businesses out here locally that did the same thing with their e-commerce businesses like how did they branch out into the online space and how did they break through that and so I can implement that in my business so it wasn't all by myself (laughs) but I, I, I would say like the ideas yes but of course I had support through that yeah how did you go from basically making it a side hustle and then turning it into an agency like how did you do that transition of you were doing all the work to now it's an agency yeah so it started with me actually thinking about just hiring on an intern like a mm-hmm. college intern to help me out which I did I had two college interns and they were supposed to only do it for two weeks trial just so I can breathe because one of my clients needed more time than my others mm-hmm. 
And so I was like, to be able to focus, I'm going to train you guys in three days, like over the weekend, <laughs> a long weekend, and then you are going to, I'm going to highly monitor what you do and we're going to figure it out together. And they started out with just the outreach part. So mm-hmm. they would find the leads, they would comment and, you know, absorb the human beings so they can talk like them. So I taught them different tactics on how to do that and so that there would be like no miss. It's like that person is the lead role of a play and they took a break because they hurt their ankle and <laughs> their standby person took over and nobody even knew they were gone, right? Mm-hmm. So it started with two interns and one of the interns she is a basis major in college, and she was like, I'm really interested. So I hired her on as a, hired her on as a contractor, mm. and I had her do, like, part-time the engagement stuff agency and then part-time my admin stuff. And my admin stuff was just a lot of onboarding and offboarding, and it wasn't very much because it was consistent people that would, like, my retention rate was great, so I didn't really have much, much onboarding. Mm-hmm. I mean, offboarding, I had a couple onboarding, right? So she would help me with that. And she was really honest with me. She was like, I think we need another human being because <laughs> I am drowning. Mm-hmm. And so after that, I was like, what can I do that will be able to make sure that we're both fed and we're both paid and we still keep going at something that we really love? Mm-hmm. And somebody threw the word agency out at me. And I couldn't tell you, I couldn't pinpoint who it was, but I remember <laughs> it like in one of my group threads, part of like a different couple DM group threads. And somebody said agency. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can do that. And so I mapped out how it would look. Mm-hmm. What do I want us to, why, what is my brand message? What do I want us to be remembered by? And at first it was just like, I'm Roosevelt and I have a team. And you know that if you invest in me, that you're going to get lead generation and you're going to get uh, auditing on your copywriting and you are going to get like attraction mar- marketing plan implemented somehow. Mm-hmm. And it came with a call every, every other week and it was a lot of time. But we, so then when I figured out what I wanted my team to look like, then I started looking for people in the space that be okay to contract and then expanded that into an agency. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to... Um, kind of like find like full-time and part-time or not full-time but part-time employees but it just made so much more sense especially I'm sure you've noticed in the space that if you were to contract someone that has their own business it's easier to just build your clientele roster because mm-hmm. they're like well I have a client that actually needs all of this and now that I have a team that I can work with they can provide that yeah so that's how we grew from there and I uh, built a very robust referral program Mm. that helped our agency grow really well as well so for any referral they got they got like a certain percentage off each month Mm. okay so then they were able to like keep us on as their lead gen people but then we also ended up getting a new client as well Mm. Yeah. yeah I think that's a good point because I've noticed especially anyone I've worked with because they're dealing with my content and all of my content is very like do your own thing so (laughs) no one that ever works for me like wants to just work for me because like they listen to my stuff and it tells them not to so I I totally feel that with the contractors because it kind of doesn't make sense with my brand like it's all about doing your own thing (laughs) and I I kind of speak to that too where I'm like you're able to DIY it if Mm -hmm. you really wanted to you really could it's just a matter of like, do you, if you want to breathe on a Saturday morning for five hours, then maybe don't DIY everything. Yeah. But predominantly when I, I'm sure you can attest to this too, where we did everything by ourselves and we were able to, 
Mm-hmm. And our overhead costs were close to none yeah. because we were able to like just worry on our subscriptions, worry about ourselves. I'm sure we were working longer days and longer hours and longer weeks, but mm-hmm. it was still doable. We still enjoyed our life and we were still able to feed our families. So you're able to absolutely DIY it. I think it's a matter of if you want to like agency style provide for somebody else, that's kind of like what I did yeah. as opposed to it originally wasn't for me. It was more for, okay, well, here's what we can provide different clients now. Mm-hmm. All done for you. So with your agency and with your coaching, you obviously had to figure out who your ideal client was. And I know you help your clients do this as well. So do you have any tips on how to figure that out and why that matters? Yeah, of course. And so uh, I guess we should start about with why it matters. So Mm -hmm. if you don't know what an ideal client avatar is it's really within the words of ideal client and ideally who do you want to work with and I use the phrase all the time like if you wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy Kesha style because you get to work with this person that's your ideal client yeah and so yeah getting down to like who the heck do you want to serve and who do you really want to work with every single day because you know that you align with all of their values and you align with all of their offers like that's really important but Defining your ICA is really as simple as asking yourself and being completely honest, like don't turn off all the social media, turn off whatever anybody else and whoever anybody else is serving and think about you and where you are going to be profitable and you are going to promote yourself the best. So who do you really want to serve? Whether that be all the way down to a mindset coach because psychology really intrigues you and you know that like intuition and mindset is the number one facet in your business that promoted you. Now you want to serve that human? Hmm. Cool. There we go. There's a niche. But like who do you want to serve and then who can you confidently serve? Because we all have a dream client that we want to serve, but who can you confidently right now without having to look up how to set up a Podia sales page? Yeah. Uh, who can you create a sales page for right now? Uh, that's who, you know, to, to think about that as well. And then where are they in their business? Are they two steps behind you? Maybe they are in a completely different step than you are, but you know that they're overwhelmed and you can help them depending on if you're a service provider or a coach, obviously. Where are they in their business? And then lastly is to understand what is unique to them that attracts you to them. Mm. So we all have the same services, if you think about it. We all provide some sort of serving someone in different ways. But within our offers, even if I have a 90-minute intensive and you have a 90-minute intensive, my intensive is going to feel so different because my unique background and my unique mindset, as well as you, Mm -hmm. right? You are all about DIY, and you're going to teach someone how to do it themselves. They don't need to hire on a team to, to be able to do that. And I'm about like, well, if you can handle it, awesome. But if you really want to be honest and you can't breathe, let's find someone that you can refer that offer to, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, really being honest, I think that's my biggest tip when you're defining your ICA is really being honest with who you can work with and who you want to work with. I know you also teach a lot about pricing strategy. And I know with my clients that this is something that comes up a lot and it can be kind of difficult to figure out how to price things. So what are your tips for pricing your offers? Yeah, so I like to work backwards, which I'm sure a lot of people do. So I like to think about my overarching goal when it comes to income. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm very shameless with that. Even with my clients, I'm very shameless with how much do you want to make? Even if it's like a hundred thousand in one year and you've never even touched a client yet, just tell me what do you want? And then we figure out from there how much they have to make per month, which let's say if you want to make 120,000, let's just round it up. That's 10 grand per month. So 10 grand per month, how many hours a month do you have to work or how many packages a month do you have to sell to hit that mm -hmm. right so w let's say that like 10 grand you're going to divvy that up into two of your five grand packages and each of those packages take 50 hours so five grand divided by 50 is a hundred dollars an hour right am i right I'm really bad at math, so I'm not going to answer the question. Well, I'm the wrong kind of Asian for that. But let's just pretend that means $100 an hour. Whoever's listening, do it on your calculator. Yeah, so that's like $100 an hour. And so that's going to help you price all of your offers from there. So understanding now, okay, $100 an hour, and then it takes me like seven hours to, to figure out or to even finish a task that's like this, and it's in my package that I'm going to charge that much. Mm -hmm. That's going to be your ideal pricing. But let's say that you are just starting and you're like, I am not comfortable. I always say like, bring it back down to a phase approach. So you can phase your pricing and no big deal. Who cares about what anybody else is saying? And they're going to say all the time, up your pricing, up your pricing. Sure. There's no price point on your brain capacity because your brain is so limitless in the amount that it can produce. Mm -hmm. Obviously you can charge a thousand dollars an hour if you really wanted, but understanding that you can phase it. So like, let's say for example, you start off with charging them 40 bucks an hour, right? And then the next uh, batch of clients that you start to pivot towards, you're gonna charge them 80 bucks an hour. And then now your last phase is your hundred bucks an hour mm -hmm. packages. And it really helps too, when you think about it like retail or restaurant style or like clocking in and clocking out of a job to really break it down into hourly and uh, estimating how much time it does take you because it'll help you later down the road when you're going to formulate new packages or if you're going to audit your offers mm. and you're going to audit like uh, your hourly, you're going to be like, oh, okay, well, I make this much per hour and I know that it takes me five hours to do this copywriting situation. So five times 50 is $250. I'm going to now charge that much per month. Mm -hmm. It's just a little bit easier visually too when you start to structure it. Yeah. Ah, I know I'm interrupting you listening to the episode, but I just had to share this news with you. I was recently named one of the top 10 branding coaches, and because of that, I just felt super grateful and like I wanted to give back more to you. So I'm currently offering free one-on-one -on -one brand coaching calls where you'll tell me your goals with marketing and your business and I'll give you all my feedback based on where you're currently at and where you want to go. I'll also answer any questions you have on that call about branding or marketing. So click the link in the show notes to schedule your free one hour branding call with me and be sure to bring all your questions because I will literally answer any question you have on that call. It's a great opportunity and I'm not going to do this forever. So make sure you click the link in the show notes and I'll let you get back to your episode. And I think that's a good tip too, to consider your goals when you're thinking about your pricing because it's not just what is everyone else pricing this? Like, I'm just going to do that. It's what, why are you doing this? And like, what are you trying to really get out of it? 
Right. And money is money. You're always going to be able to get money. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a goal to end, like what goal you want to achieve, you're not going to be able to obtain that money that you really do need for to pay off your bills, to pay off your debts, to go on that trip that you wanted to take or to pay for your wedding in the future. Right. Mm-hmm. So it really does start off with, okay, what is your overarching goal? And then let's figure out how to get there. Yeah. So if you're going to have a pricing strategy, then ideally you're attracting clients to offer that (laughs) whatever you're pricing to and I know you really focus on lead generation so can you share with us how to get more leads and can you explain what a lead is for someone that doesn't know what that is yeah sure uh, lead generation is my bread and butter. It's like my number one favorite thing in the entire world because it, it granted me the business that I have now. Mm-hmm. I said, thank you, lead generation. So my background actually was I used to do lead gen for a lot of big ni- names out there. And like, obviously it's proprietary and confidential, but I used to be the one that most people probably were trying to pitch to or talk to about um, their offers. Mm-hmm. So I know what your sales tactics look like and I know what theirs are because I've been on both ends, right? What works really the best and it will be, it's probably going to be sound so redundant is really coming out of the perspective that you're building relationship and you're not selling Yeah. and putting your investigator gadget cap on. So for example, let's say that you do an entire huge outreach strategy. You fall down a hashtag rabbit hole you find them on a competitor's page, you find them through your recommended, you find them through your friends of friends profile. So they're fr- your friends friends profile. You find <laughs> them, you know what they're doing, you're starting to talk to them on the common thread, you've now made it into the DMs, like how do we keep them there and now how do we transition them? So mm-hmm. you don't know what a lead is. A lead is someone who's gonna potentially invest in your offers. A lead is someone who's gonna potentially become a one-to-one retainer client or buy your course, purchase your course. There are different categories of leads. There is a cold lead, a warm lead, and a hot lead. A cold lead, someone you just met and maybe like kind of talking to, but you know could benefit from your offer. A warm lead, maybe they asked you once, maybe they said no once, um, but they're definitely always in your DMs. You're kind of best becoming best friends. And your hot lead, and you know that they're going to buy whatever comes out of your mouth because they just trust you so much and they already maybe inquired about it and you just haven't gotten to it yet. Mm. So uh, those are your three categories. When it comes to like talking to them, I always try to interview them as a lead as opposed to interviewing them as a sale. So I'm starting to ask them about their life and pop culture things like, are you team Johnny Lawrence or are you team Danny from like Karate Kid or like Cobra Kai? Are you team Jacob or Edward in Twilight? You know, Mm -hmm. just trying to like build that rapport and trying to figure out if I even like the human being because if you try to think of it like you're dating someone to marry them, it becomes easier down the road to sell. Mm -hmm. It also becomes easier down the road when you get to work with them. So building that rapport and then understanding too and slowly transitioning yourself out of, not slowly, but easing your way out of the friend zone and now into like, oh my gosh, this is what I have going on this week for my business. What do you have? Anything new, anything exciting? And then now understanding what they're going through. So let's Mm -hmm. say that they have a course that is launching in about a month's time and they are ramping up. You are an admin VA. You are able to expedite any emails and schedule them and make sure that they're going in and out as needed. 
you know that there is a need for that. So you could even think to yourself, how can I pitch this person or how can I make this person into a lead now? Understanding that you offer like email management or email scheduling as an offer is so important. So you're going to say, okay, well, I ha I know that you have a course coming out next week and I you are so great to talk to you and you're obviously you're my best friend or any sort of verbiage that you make them feel comfortable and they're blockade kind of falls down mm -hmm. to now say, I know that I can serve you the best. And I know that I can serve you with this offer. Like, what do you say we have a chat about it? Mm -hmm. And now keeping that lead in your DMS. And even if they say no, that time, no big deal. They're still a lead because you know that they have a need for something that you have. And so really, even if you don't talk to them in the DMS, but like stalking them the best, like become that <laughs> girlfriend where your best friend goes to you and they're like, there's this guy and he's dating this new girl and I want to know who she is. And then you find them in three seconds. Mm -hmm. You want to be like that when it comes to your lead generation. You want to know everything from their low level entry. Here's where their offer starts to like where all of their humans, biggest, highest investment go to invest. But you want to know all of that. Mm -hmm. That way, when you have the opportunity to present your offer, you're like, oh, I know it because I already know everything about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So very important to be confident in your offer suite for lead gen, knowing where your leads actually hang out. So understanding like what their industry is, who they normally interact with on the space, whether it be Facebook groups or Instagram. Um, and then lastly, like putting your investigator gadget hat on and like just investigating if they are actually going to be a great client for you. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think that like how you mentioned earlier when you're figuring out who your ideal client is, if you're not asking those questions that are more relationship type questions, then it's really hard to figure out if they are going to be that person that you're going to wake up and be excited to work with or not because you won't know anything about them if you don't <laughs> look into them, you know. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. You do have to be super clear on who they are and what the heck they have going on. Mm -hmm. So say once you find that lead, you know, it's your perfect ideal customer. How do you go about turning them into a client? Yeah, so it's a matter of like transitioning your conversation from friendly to CRM conversation. And I think that that's kind of touching on what I just previously had said about like understanding what their offer suite actually has. Mm -hmm. For example, I'm a business coach. And if a VA were to come to me in my DMs and say, I know that you have a course coming out on Black Friday. And I know that you want to ramp up your, like your nurturing your community. I can help you with that. And it, it's going to take this much time. What do you say we chat about it? Being really clear on what you have to offer and what they have to offer and matching them is mm -hmm. the best way. So some verbiage you can use is, is really how can I better support you or how can I support you better? Or I know that I can support you in insert offer details way here. Mm -hmm. and, and I know that we get along really well. So like, what do you say we got on a call real quick? Or if you don't want to get on a call, I hate discovery calls. I hate sales calls because I know that if you want it, then you want it and you don't, you don't. So I usually settle in voice memo on the DMs to sound <laughs> very genuine and say like, hey, I want to empower you because I know this is the best offer that makes the most sense for your offer and how to scale you up from this level mm -hmm. what do you say like we can talk a little bit more about details through here or we can go on a call if you really want to 
So really understanding and being confident in your what you have to offer and then also understanding like what they have uniquely to them that you can cater to. I think mm-hmm. that's really important on your transition. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think that's a good point about bringing up specifically how you can help them because it kind of shows too that you did your homework and you're not just sending copy and pasting the same thing to 100 people (laughs) and I'm I'm a fan of DM sales scripts but I'm a fan of them by using them as a guide Mm -hmm. as opposed to copy and pasting them because then within a DM sales script you see the strategy behind their transitions so even using those like pop out words that you're like oh I wouldn't have phrased it like that but I can now transition my conversation and phrase it something similar. Mm-hmm. It's like when you're writing an essay for school, you don't want to plagiarize. You want to take the information and then now make it yours, right? Yeah. So I'm all about that if you need to use tools like that. But like definitely no copy and paste cold pitch DMs. Never. <laughs> hey, girl. <laughs> Get them all the time. So I know another thing that you help your clients with is scaling their business. Mm-hmm. And selfishly, I want to ask you this question because sure. I'm... I'm wanting to scale my business right now. <laughs> Benefits of hosting a podcast. <laughs> oh, you know, I got you. So what's up? So what are some foundational pieces that you think every business owner should have in place if they're ready to scale or thinking about scaling? Yeah. Um, establishing your SOPs really hard before you scale. So what is like your standard operating procedure for every single piece in your business? Also understanding what you have to offer your audience from literally lowest to high. Mm -hmm. That way you can see where the misses are. Because if you know, and also I guess I should say thirdly, is being obsessive with your audience and knowing exactly what they want to see. And uh, you'll hear it all the time, like do market research, do market research. Sure, but be very specific with your market research. Even finding your hottest ideal client that probably hasn't invested in you or even maybe already has invested in you and going specifically in there and being like, Hey, shameless plug, but you are my ideal client. Could I potentially send you some questions so I can better expand my offer suite? And so setting up those systems and processes, understanding where the leak is in your business Mm -hmm. and now spending creativity time to understand how can I fill that leak? How can I plug that leak? Yeah. For example, if you have like a mini course, uh, an intensive and a one-to-one, right? Mm -hmm. What does your mini course entail that you can expand maybe and make it into a full course? Or could you potentially what you do in your intensives on a daily basis, could you build that out into a larger group coaching program for the same human beings and then build revenue from there? Mm -hmm. And also finding like the common denominator pain points in your audience Mm -hmm. and everybody's audience although everybody thinks they're similar there is so many characters in there that are very specific to you because people are attracted to people that are relatable to them yeah exactly so someone who is going went through the same thing as you are they're following you and wanting to invest in you because of that so what is it about them specifically that they're struggling with that you can fill that gap for Mm -hmm. and I think it's a matter of like understanding and being very very integrous and very, very detailed with what's going on with what your business is right now and what your audience actually wants to see and then going from there. Mm-hmm. The possibilities are endless to scale. Yeah. Yeah. And then once you get to the point of like, now I have this amazing idea is really like a business plan and a marketing plan is so 
important. Mm -hmm. And I don't just say that just to say that. It's just because anytime I've ever like half-butted something and put it together and launched something in 30 days, sure, I'd see revenue, but did I see enough where it made sense for my profit margins? Probably not. Mm -hmm. And so once you figure out your idea and setting like a very, very solid, I'm going to do it this way Mm -hmm. and then go from there. And then now you're here. So specific feedback from your entire audience. How do I keep that consistent to scale? Mm, yeah. So I guess it's like a very long-winded <laughs> answer. And yeah. I'm sure we can talk about more about it. And if you want to talk specifically about offers and people probably will want to, it's very unique to you and your business model mm-hmm. to set your foundations. But I think I think it starts with like integrity and being super honest with what you have right now. Yeah. And then can I add in? Yeah. I think I really like your point about how specific your offers should be to your audience because everyone's whoever's attracted to you it's because you have different things in common and that's why I help people build personal brands to basically show those different values so you can build those connections but I wanted to point that out because a lot of times people ask me like why do you have other marketing people on your podcast when you're a marketing person because then aren't you worried they're like gonna steal your audience but I'm like, no, because probably whoever is going to want to work with me isn't the same person that's at the same level that's going to work with you, you know? So I don't really see, like, I just don't see it that way. (laughs) It also shows you as the overarching umbrella expert that coalesces with other experts in the space. And so it shows you as an authority figure because you're at a a lateral level from all your guests. So even Mm -hmm. though you provide marketing, you're also providing... Uh, something similar to someone at at, at a really high level and people will see that authority in you Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think it takes I think it takes you being aware I'm sure you're aware but I think it takes like your audience and people in your dms understanding like it's all a psychology game Mm -hmm. we're all we all do sales (laughs) psychology and sales marketing or marketing psychology and attraction marketing and it's part of your audience growth for your podcast Mm -hmm. so whatever (laughs) (laughs) even though I've been in digital media for over 10 years now like I feel like there's always something that I can learn myself from someone else in the space so I love having people that are similar to my niche on because I get the benefit of learning (laughs) what we're doing (laughs) you get a free little call (laughs) yeah (laughs) sneaky like that. <laughs> I love to see it. Um, so a big part of what makes Pretty AF different is that we really focus on philanthropy and giving back. And we only have on people that are Pretty AF inside and out. So I wanted to ask you in what ways you give back and what makes you want to give back? Yeah, so I, I not only do I provide like scholarships, but I really try hard to make sure I have like inclusive payment plans. And I gauge it really based off of like who's in my audience, mm-hmm. what they can't afford. Because you shouldn't have to sell your car to be able to invest in a coach. Yeah. Like that's not that's not the that's not the way, right? And when I first started uh, in this space, like it would have been so much so much more helpful if I had that like little bit of like encouragement that you can invest in someone and not break the bank, you mm-hmm. know? So I try really hard to do be inclusive. I try really hard to do scholarships. And I also uh, monthly always pick three charities. So 
not only like does it help me and of course my taxes but like it also helps me feel really great about okay well i'm not only serving other people in this space but now i can serve humans that don't have the same opportunities as i do right now and so mm. like one of my favorite orgs is uh, cupcake girls they're based out of here las- uh, locally in las vegas and mm-hmm. they just have like a they just sign up with a monthly so they just take out things from my account monthly and i think it's really important to remember that you started somewhere and you really should focus on giving back to people that were there too Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I, that's why I think that's also why, like, I always try to make offers that are for people who are like three steps behind me, yeah. so that because I know, like, oh, okay, and not only you know, do, do I know that I can be confident in selling that and confident in talking about that, but I know that I can help them get to where I am or even beyond me. Mm-hmm. Some of my clients like make more money than I do in a month, and I'm like, buy me a candle or something. <laughs> well, do I get a I like candle candles. this month? Like, <laughs> come on, you know, like. <laughs> charity during like the holidays and mm-hmm. you know I grew up in church so my family would do like the little boxes and you know uh, Thanksgiving dinners for people and soup kitchens and stuff like that and so that kind of has been like instilled in me yeah uh, when every year they still like will donate to a charity uh, or a family in uh, the ho- during the holidays mm-hmm. so we'll pick a family or we'll pick a charity and whatever they need we will either cultivate or collectively grab, grab get some money together or we'll buy them those items love it you're I think the second or third person that's brought up the cupcake girls on the oh, podcast really? so I feel like I need to look more into them <laughs> they're so great they're so cute I'm sure she talked about it all already but I used to work for Lululemon and one of the CEO and founder of the org she was one of our first ever ambassadors that was just ahead of an org and not an athlete or not a yoga instructor because mm. uh, she's based out of here locally and her name's Joy Hoover. She's super rad. Her and her husband started a podcast as well. It's like a mental health podcast. Like hum- it's called Humans Who Give a Shit. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's really it's really fun. And it's a, it's a very, they have a really interesting dichotomy in the relationship. And, you know, they bring on like some of the industry girls that they help support or helped in the past. And yeah, it's just, it's just an interest, interesting org, you know, like mm-hmm. very support all and empower women and get them from a scary place to a safe place if they need be. Yeah, love it. So now I want to get into your best tips to be pretty AF. So what is your number one tip for business? To be pretty AF, to <laughs> set, to, I think I'm cute all the time, uh, uh, to set boundaries. Because when you set boundaries, you're happy. When you're happy, you're glowing. So uh, very much so when it comes to what you offer, your time, your services. I know we all have those a la carte items because I know we can do it, but do we want to do it? Will it make us pull our hair out? Just set those boundaries. That I think that's my number one tip. Yeah, uh, I think the the longer I've been doing my own thing, the more I realize that I do have the option to not work with people. And yeah. I think going back to really understanding like who you love working with and who you can really help the most. And then saying no to anyone that doesn't fit that because it doesn't actually completely align with you, even though like you could make some money and like help them a little. I think that's a really important reminder. Power of no, yes. <laughs> I always like in previous shows, I'd be like, there is the power of no. If somebody wants to give you feedback, you can just say no because it's going to ruin your day. Mm-hmm. 
call them tomorrow. <laughs> uh, you know, if you're going to work with someone and you're like, actually, I'd rather give you a refund, go ahead, give them a refund, go buy. Yeah. You know, it's your business, you're on it. Mm-hmm. So what is your number one tip for beauty? No matter what anybody says, wash your face. <laughs> Are people telling you not to wash your face? Well, I don't know. Because, you know, when you watch, like, shows and these celebrities, like, go to bed with their, their face makeup on and then they wake up and then they still have face makeup on. No. I'm like, no, wash your face. I'd say watch your face and wash, wash, wash your face and be shameless. So if you want to wear some random flares with a bright neon green top do it because then if you are empowered in that like your beauty will shine through no matter what so just be shameless and wash your face i think that's my together tip double tip i often think that my style is that of like a six-year-old pageant girl (laughs) (laughs) why because whenever i see like i'll see like little shoes that are like pink and sparkly and then I wear a size 11, so, like, I can't get away with wearing children's shoes. But oh, okay. I always see children's, like, clothes or shoes, and I really want it in my size because I just, I like glitter and <laughs> pink. Oh, do you? And, yeah. Yeah, not much of a, I'm kind of an edgelord, so I'm not much of a glitter fan. I have, like, venom, like, sneaks on my pants and... I wear flares and leather jackets and stuff like that. Like, but I do enjoy a good glitter. <laughs> on New Year's, if I'm going to wear a sequin dress, I'll do mm-hmm. it. You know, sometimes you're in that mood. You have size 11 feet. I have the opposite problem where my feet are too small, so I can't, like, fit into shoes sometimes. Oh. I look like a clown because my, I'm short, too. I'm pretty short, and I have big feet, but I was born two months early, so I think that my feet got the full size I was supposed to be and my height. That is a great Sound like theory. a clown I, over yeah. here. I have the opposite problem where I don't have any balance. That's probably why I do so much yoga because my feet are too small. I'm just going to topple over. So I try to like be one with the earth and try yeah. to focus on my balance. Yeah. I have no balance either, but I have no excuse because <laughs> I have big feet and cankles. So. <laughs> okay. So last pretty AF tip. What is your number one life tip? Life tip. I think maybe I should have uh, saved the shameless, but I would say maybe like my number one life tip is to worry less. Worry less or even care less. Mm-hmm. If you care so much about what other people think, about what other what your coworkers want to say or what your clients want to say, you start to lose yourself. And I think if you just were to care less, it's going to be okay. And I don't mean care less as in if they pay you, don't produce a service. I mean care less <laughs> if you make a, if you put a period instead of a comma mm-hmm. in an email, right? Or if you make some sort of mistake where you launch and launch something at 3 p.m. when it should have came out at 10 p.m. It's okay. Like, just care less. Like, don't stress out about it because everybody's human and everybody makes mistakes. Mm-hmm. Miley Cyrus style. <laughs> everybody has <laughs> those days. <laughs> Everybody makes mistakes. Hannah Montana said so. Okay. <laughs> so I loved all this information. Super helpful. I think everyone listening is going to find something new in here. So I want you to share how people can find you, work with you, chat with you. 
Yeah, so I am at the Virtual Rose on Instagrams. There's an H, so you know that sneaky H. So just put the virtual RH and you'll find me. <laughs> um, I'm also at thevirtualrose.com uh, on my website, and my Facebook page is the same as well. So uh, pretty much the Virtual Rose anywhere you can find me. Uh, DM me anytime. I do have like a couple different free resources. Like I have a business plan freebie. I have like a yes way ICA. So if you really do struggle with determining like who your offer is meant for, I have that freebie. I also have a hot and ready leads mini course that launches actually on 1127. So carts open by the time you listen to this. So mm-hmm. you can go ahead and grab it. I am going to slip a cute little discount code for you all that listen to this episode and she's going to add the link in there for y'all but yeah so it's all about lead generation and kind of what we talked about throughout the podcast but a little bit more we hit on neuromarketing and loss aversion anchoring effect what numbers make the most sense for pricing and what colors are attracted Um, I'm sure that I'm not as like branding aware (laughs) as the expert here that we're talking to but uh it is more so like you know, random colors just don't appeal to some people and then taking them from, you know, different levels. So yes, so that's all I have to offer. And I obviously have more if you want to stalk me everywhere. But yay, I had such a great time. Thank you for having me. Do you want to know a really funny story about your username? (laughs) Yes, tell me the story. So when I first read it, and I saw I think your bio says you're a lead generator or something like that. Or that like, you help with lead generation, and I totally masterclass. Yes, it says lead gen masterclass. Yes. Okay, so that's where I got that. But when I read your username, I didn't read the R, so I thought it said virtual hose. I think. Oh, hope for show. <laughs> no, I I took it as like someone has a business, and then you like turn the hose on <laughs> to like. Maybe I should just spread change my it. Oh my gosh, my marketing just changed. I just. I was changed. like, oh, that's pretty clever. No, I like that. I'm gonna get like, I'm gonna get clumped in with hose because my fourth grade teacher he pronounced my name Rahosabel, and I felt like a hope of show, and I feel like I'm traumatized by that. Yeah, I I was always mistakenly called Astley, so oh, I. Really? <laughs> yeah. So I feel there's an S in there. It's a Z. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Well, I also have like a big butt for a white girl, so I think that's that's what it is. Yeah, Yeah, I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. We in middle school used to have these things called like slap happy days. It was so freaking weird, but like we would all get in trouble every year because a principal would announce like don't slap each other's butts, but like somehow, somewhere, everybody turned into football players and want to slap each other's butts all day. So anytime I think of like big butts, I'm like, oh, whoever had the biggest butt in my class probably would get their ass smacked the most. They, they, like, you know, psychologically, people would be like, oh, she can handle it or he can handle it. Mm, well, I'm glad I wasn't in your school. <laughs> yeah, yeah what I get, you would have gotten, gotten it. This is the last question that I ask every guest. What does being pretty AF mean to you? Embodying your authenticity. That's what pretty AF means to me because I think like feeling pretty and being like being pretty really is embodying like who you uniquely are as Mm. a human being thank you so much Roosevelt for coming on the pretty AF podcast and sharing so much with us check out the show notes give her a follow and take advantage of that discount 
I'll see you on next week's solo episode. Thank you for taking this time for yourself to get one step closer to a life you love. If you love this episode, it would mean the world to me. If you left me a review on iTunes or whatever you're listening on, tell me what you want to hear more of or your favorite parts of the episode. Until next time, I'm Ozzy Maslow. Lots of love. And don't forget, you're pretty AF. <laughs>